You're listening to the System Save Me podcast, episode number 207. Today, we're going to be talking about the three biggest shifts to growing a membership from zero to 9,000 members plus. So you're going to want to stay tuned for this. Hey, I'm Jordan, and my business love language is efficiency, because who doesn't want to sip pina coladas on the beach while your business runs on autopilot? We're here to help overworked one-woman shows become streamlined solopreneurs. And now with over 150,000 downloads, this is the System Save Me podcast. Hey, y'all. I'm so excited to bring this guest to you today from sunny California. And I'm thinking, you know, I would like a little bit of a cool from Dallas. And San Diego has like the perfect weather, like your Orange County, like lower California. And so I'm really excited because this is something that she even admits she doesn't talk about a lot. And so I love diving deep into areas that folks, you know, is they're not really talking about anywhere else. So y'all are getting the juice, the tea, whatever you want to call it. But I'm so honored to have Miss Jasmine Starr on the podcast. So Jasmine, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I am ready to deal the juice. Jordan, that's what I'm here to do. Yeah, perfect. I know you're technically a coffee drinker, but coffee, tea, juice, whatever your preferred beverage. Margarita, depending on the day of the week and the time of the day, you know? Yes, absolutely. Five o'clock somewhere, right? So if you have never heard of Jasmine Star, I don't know where you're hanging out, but I would love for you, Jasmine, to let people know who you are, what you do in business uh, so they can get to know you here. Cool. Well, like Jordan had said, I'm a photographer and business strategist from Newport Beach, California. I am also the co-founder of Social Curator, along with my husband, high school sweetheart, and business partner. And we empower small business owners to build a brand and market it every day on social media. So we have turnkey solutions for business owners to go from how to teaching how to's. (laughs) Perfect. And how long have you been in business? It's been a hot minute. Well, which business girl? Because there's multiple. I don't want to be like, I'm living that millennial life. No, I mean, there's been lots of pivots and iterations. So that was like a legit question. I wasn't trying to be funny. What business are we talking about? In business in general, like all the businesses combined, how long has it been? Oh, since 2007. Yes. EST, 2007. <laughs> You're in the 07, 0, 0, Yes. 07. So that's amazing. And yeah, I love, I followed you for quite some time, maybe even Creative Live days, I want to say. Wait, how did we meet on Creative Live? Well, we didn't meet on Creative Live. I just- No, I know that. But how did on my path, like, what were you doing up in that hood? I taught a lot of photography there. You know, there was a moment where I wanted to be cool with a DSLR. <laughs> because that's really what it was. So I was like, okay, Jasmine, show me my camera. Get out, girl. Because when we met in San Diego a few months ago, like I didn't have an opportunity to ask like how we met. Well, many thanks to the CL life. Wow. Okay, we can geek out. We can geek out. Yeah, I do. So like way back. (laughs) I don't even know when that was, maybe 13. Well, yeah, like, you know, good. I mean, I've been doing classes okay. like early in my career since 2010. And yeah, we did another one in 2013. And then the last one I did was 2015. So. Okay, cool. I think it was 13. Yeah. That's what I'm going to say. So yeah, back in the day. So talk to us about, we're going to be diving really into the three biggest shifts that you had to make in order to grow your membership from zero to 9,000, over 9,000 technically members. But before, and, and like you mentioned, you had many, many businesses before that. So talk to us about where your business was right before you decided to start a membership program in general. Where were you at in business? What were you doing? All that good stuff. 
So I should probably take a second as I'm sure it grates on many people's ears when they're just like, oh, here's another person who does 10,000 things. It's very honed and it was strategic and I poke fun at myself, but I really do that to like bring down any preconceived notions about who I am as an entrepreneur. I do believe that what got me here today was various iterations. And so Jordan and I, now I come to find out, we met by way of a DSLR and that DSLR is still in my hands, but it looks very different. The tools of my trade remain the same. The shell of what I do has been the thing that has been different. So in 2007, you know, that was my first venture in entrepreneurship. I am daughter of an immigrant girl from the hood. I'm so thankful that the sacrifices my parents gave me empowered me with the luxury of having a decision to pursue a life of creativity. And as a result of that, I never knew another person who had started a business. I had no money. I had no education. I didn't know which way was up. And I found a way to make it happen because number one of God's grace, number two of the internet. So the internet and divine intervention really played a game, had a big role in number one, educating my ventures and free resources. That was what built my business. And this is why I am the most avid proponent of creating free resources. I always made a promise that if I ever got to a point in my life where I could give back the way that I had taken for so many years, I would do that. I'm really happy to say that that's been in such alignment of my business. And part of the reasons why doors opened at large ventures like Creative Live for me was because I gave, I gave, I gave, and I gave. You prove who you are. You prove you can teach. You prove you can share. Then doors open. So I started off as a photographer. The business really exploded in client work and then working with magazines. And then photographers wanted to know, how are you running a business? I started teaching photographers how to run a business. And then I started teaching photographers how to leverage social media for free marketing because I'm a girl from the hood. You know, I'm trying to make a dollar out of 15 cents. And then creative business owners. So videographers, graphic designers, people in the creative field were like, well, if you did that with photographers, can you do that for us? To which I replied, I don't know. Let me see. Lo and behold, it worked. And then there was like a big shift. So in 2016, I didn't know the digital marketing world existed. I didn't know what a webinar was. Girl, I didn't know what a mastermind was. I didn't know what ads were. I didn't know what CPLs, EPLs, funnels, ad strategies. I didn't know what an OBM was. I didn't know. I knew jack squat about how. So my business was online. I didn't have a digital business. Those are two big, big, big shifts. So in 2016, I thought, how can I scale my business? How can I serve more people and not work more? Like I didn't have any more hours to work in a day. So that was my first go at creating an online course. At the time I created an Instagram for business course in 2016. And we launched that a few times over. It was wildly successful. It blew my dang mind. Like I was like, wait, wait, this money exists on the internet? Like what the heck? And you know, it was myself, my husband and you know, two other people. This is what we did. And uh, mid 2017, I launched a branding and social media course that blew our dang minds. And what I learned in that time was I wasn't made for courses. I wasn't made for the framework of a course. And I think from the outside, people are just like, what the heck? Why would you ever walk away from what is going on here? And I think that I pride myself in being the entrepreneur who can see into the future, like me into the future. I knew the person I wanted to become and the life I wanted to live, and it didn't play to my strengths. And so I did 
you know, by all intents and purposes, the dumbest thing that I could have done as a digital entrepreneur. And that was to close something that was wildly successful for us. And that was when we decided to pivot into, I saw the gaps in courses, not courses, period. The courses I created as I service small business owners and social media, the platforms were changing so much things iterated, new features. And I was just like, I need something that serves people at the top of my game, in my top of my power play. And that came as a result of having a subscription model where people are getting the newest trends, the coolest resources. How do we answer the, like, the problems in between quote unquote launch, not quote unquote, but like when people were launching, there was a lot of things that I felt like the type of business that I run for the people that I serve membership was the highest value for both them and myself. Mm. And so had you known about memberships before you dove into it or was somebody like, okay. no, I had no idea what a membership was. I was launching courses and people were like, I want to do a membership. And my first thought was, God, who wants to do that? Like, that's like the worst, like constantly creating, like you can have a course and you just make your course and then you launch it and like, ha ha ha, that's not how it works. And at the end of the day, I'm just very creative. Like I like the act of creation and I'm a three wing four. So that creative in me is just like, I'm not satisfied. Like if other people have done it, I don't want to do it. Like I want to do it my way. I want to be the first. I want to sit with it. And then that, that wing of, I mean, not the wing, that's the wing. Like who I am, the three is just like, get it. Yeah. Get it now and get going. <laughs> so, you know, nobody wants to be married to me. I'm a nightmare. I'm not marrying a three. So I get it. <laughs> Okay. 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 Girl, you're blessed in my apologies. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. So, all right. Day one, you're wanting to create a membership. Okay. What do you start out with? Walk us through what kind of maybe the MVP, the minimal viable product was of the membership. And then again, what that first shift was once you started to get feedback. Okay. So I should probably say, since we're talking about spilling the juice, the tea, the tequila, yeah. the reason the subscription, the reason our membership started was because I was a week away from one of the biggest launches that I was going to do with our Instagram course. Like I'm talking about like the most we'd ever spent in ads and the most strategy and the most pre-webinars for other people, like the whole strategy or a week away. And I got news that a couple things on my team had happened and other people were talking to other people and it was an undercurrent and a little bit of betrayal, a little bit of stuff happened. And I just thought this is the worst thing that could happen. I was not in a good headspace. I felt like I got sucker punched and I was just like, I'm calling it like we're canceling it. And I was, yeah, I was in New York city at a mastermind and I didn't sleep at all. I was so devastated by what was happening. You felt like uncertain with people on your team and you're like, this can't be happening. So it was four o'clock in the morning. Who the heck goes running in New York city at four o'clock in the morning in the dark, in the rain? Oh, your girl, your girl who has anxiety. And I'm like, I got to hit the streets. I come across this 24 hour Korean massage parlor. People are like, what were you thinking? Like, listen, when you desperate, you do desperate things. That's just facts. So I get a deep tissue massage from this like 97 year old Korean man who Who's probably blind. Like, I'm not lying. Like, he's legit, like, legit blind. But it was one of the best massages I got. I was like, okay, I'm feeling like my chakras are aligned. I'm releasing this stuff and I'm saying goodbye to the launch. Bless and release. I can't carry that energy with me. So, in New York City, I was like, my husband and I sat, we were at a mastermind of all places. And he was just like, what are the gaps? What do you see people at the end of all the courses we had put out, all two of our courses that we had put out in every iteration? What were the main questions? Was like, ironically, I create a course on Instagram. Instagram and people are like, I still don't know how to write captions. I do a course about branding and showing up with consistency and finding your voice. And people are like, I just can't 
create photos. We talk about like, what was the biggest thing that people are like, well, now the course is over. What do I do? So these three things, I don't know what to say. I don't have photos and just what's the newest thing that's going on. What do I do? That wasn't yesterday's news. And so the first idea that we had was we're like, people want to show up on social media. What if we were to send them a subscription box full of like props and directives on how to take their own social media photos? Which, I mean, you're very polite and like that kind of nod. I was much harsher to my husband. I was like, that's ridiculous. The fulfillment nightmare from like a logistical standpoint. <laughs> yes, exactly. And we live in one of the most expensive zip codes. I'm like, yeah, let's try, let's try storing a thousand boxes and supplies. But it led us to what if we were to provide caption templates, photos, and this is what you do this month. We call it the action plan. The minimum, the MVP was, I don't know how to program this. And we just called up a friend and it was like, Hey, this is this idea we have. Now here's the thing, Jordan. I didn't even know that other subscription membership solutions existed. People right now are listening and they're being like, why didn't you just use, listen, I know. Okay. But it happened for us. So we asked this friend and he built a Frankenstein from WordPress widgets to Infusionsoft. Girl, Infusionsoft's for email. How are we creating a membership site out of Infusionsoft? It's just, this is where we pour the tequila, you know? Like, so we're just like, if we could just get a thousand people, that would just be a game changer because then it would allow us to iterate where we can like pay our bills and do our things. And we launched to 2,444 people. And that's when we were like, oh. And you were like, you went from one night to, oh yeah, to the next morning you're like, Oh, bleep. Like we don't have the infrastructure for this. Like we don't even know what we are. Like people join and they're like, what is this? And I was like, oh, you know what? I don't. I'm important. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that was the first go. And we spent the first six months trying to figure out what the heck we were because very similar to like Reed Hoffman when Netflix launched, people didn't know what it was. And we spent a lot of time just trying to explain really what it is. And when I look back at that poor, sweet first iteration of social curator to what we are today, lots of pride. We've come a long way and we have a long way to go. Very long way to go. Yeah, totally. So then it was pretty much like an overnight success. And that point, what were some of the infrastructure that you had to then build kind of retroactively to make up for the fact that you had so many people now all of a sudden looking for, you know, the advice and the support that you just sold. Well, let's go and spill some more tea. (laughs) I talked to my husband, who's my business partner, and he does a lot of this stuff that I don't want to, or I don't play to my strengths. And so one of the things that we spoke about specifically as social curator, I was like, this is new for us. We're, you know, we're going all in. I'm not going to be launching courses during this time. I just want to focus on this. And I said, but I don't want you to tell me the numbers and I don't want to get into the financials because that's going to shift because I'm a girl from the hood. Like if you see money going down or you wonder like, this is my livelihood, you start playing games in your mind. So I was like six months. So we launched in July. And so we go through the holidays and then in January, I'll never forget sitting at breakfast with my husband. We're out looking at the ocean. I was like, oh my God, we're having the talk. We're having like our DTR about social curator, right? We're going to define this love relationship with this new child. I'm so excited. Now we launched in July and then we launched in October. These were, you know, really, really great opportunities for us. And so I am expecting like a number that I'm like blown away by like, oh my God, it's happening. And my husband's like, okay, so we have 2000 members. And I was like, I'm sorry. I think you stuttered because you see back in July, we had 24 
and some change. And then we launched again to another just shy of 2000. Why are you telling me that we have less than 50% when we started? And he's just like, well, you see, there's this thing called attrition and churn. And that was like a rude awakening. And the rude awakening was specifically as a new business, if you don't really have a clear idea of what it is, you need to plan a lot of people coming in, realizing it's not what they wanted or it wasn't what they delivered or they just didn't understand the concept and they were going to leave. And so it was like a sucker punch. What we had to realize, like the biggest shift was why were people leaving? So then we had to create a system of going through our exit surveys and reading what people said. And people said that they felt like they were in isolation. They didn't think that it was working for them. And I was like, I didn't get it because I was getting these amazing success stories. And I really realized there wasn't a place aggregate. We did not have a group at the time. Mm. So it was a singular membership where you go and you get your resources, you get what you do, and then you are in your merry way. And I was totally against having a group. I hated groups. I felt like that's where like sad people go to die. It was like a time suck. I didn't want to do it. But I think that when you look at a business and you look at the viability of it and you look at what demand is, you ask yourself, can I structure something that makes me feel like I can serve my business well and make people happy? And that was like the biggest change for us was we needed to add a community aspect. And that was a game changer. Gotcha. So that was kind of the next shift was, okay, the content is good. You know, we've got some stuff in place, but for people to stay, they needed community. And so, yes, I guess it's in a Facebook group, I'm assuming, right? And so you choose a Facebook group over like Mighty Networks or an app. Like, why did you stay with a Facebook group as a community? At the time, the decision was made because what we are really teaching people to do is to show up on social media. And so it was advantageous that we were teaching them how we are leveraging a group so that they could leverage a group if it felt in alignment to their business. Also, our studies had shown that's where most of the people were hanging out for long-form content. Got it. That totally makes sense. Have you been dying to create a VIP day or virtual intensive offering, but are stuck in overthinking everything? You love what you do and how you support your clients, but lately it's become, well, too much. You may even be hitting your monthly revenue goals, but you're left completely exhausted. Yeah, been there, bought the t-shirt and the mug. Good news, I've built my virtual VIP day bootcamp that walks you through the nine steps to create and selling a one-day virtual intensive. Grab the podcast-only pricing of $37 for this two-hour training plus tons of bonuses to build and sell your own one-day virtual intensive. Since 2016, I've completely replaced monthly retainers with one-day virtual intensives and VIP weekends. So join me and stop dealing with the late-night slack pings, lacking control over your own calendar, chasing invoices, explaining scope creep again, you kept my drift. Head on over to systemsamey.com slash pod bootcamp. That's P-O-D-B-O-O-T-C-A-M-P and grab the goods. All right, back to the episode. And so was it just like, all right, one day we're creating a group and inviting everybody or what was that next like iteration look like? So that's what I think when you and I first met, I was so blown away with like your brain only thinks in systems. (laughs) And if we're on like a spectrum and Jordan's on the far right, like systems, I am like negative one on the opposite (laughs) spectrum. Like I do stuff and then I just pray to sweet baby Jesus that is going to work. And I have zero systems. That's not even my brain. If you paid me money, I couldn't come up with a system. (laughs) So yeah, we just launched the group and I was like, okay, we're here. Here's the link. That's amazing. Just one day. That's what we did. And thank God. I always said, I want to be the dumbest person on my team. 
I'm right now I'm batting great. Everybody's smart. Everybody's the complete opposite. Everybody builds systems. And that's what's really made the group successful is putting somebody who has systems in mind. Yeah, totally. I think, again, if you're somebody and I'm like, and I have a lot of systems listeners. So systems listeners, you go and find your people who are the negative ones on the spectrum and help them out. Right. Cause that's where we're needed. Oh my gosh, Jordan. Listen, I feel like we need to put a pin here and I know I talk too much. I don't talk too much. People just don't listen enough. So I'm just gonna keep on going. Absolutely. I feel like for somebody who doesn't think in systems, people on my team who have systems brains, I look at them. I'm like, baby, you got job security. Like you just keep on making more systems. You make me more dependent on you. You fine. Like, go on girl, do the bad thing with them systems. Yes. Uh, Totally. Yeah. I think that systems are always going to be needed. Like that's something that, you know, technology clearly isn't going anywhere. And especially with remote work and how COVID works and all that 2020, how it's all gearing up, you know, everybody's coming online. And so not only just small businesses, but now even corporations are now literally beginning to have remote teams and they have no idea what they're doing. But yeah, I think that it's good that you know your strengths and that you hire then for those weaknesses. And it sounds like your husband too also is maybe more systems minded, at least more than you. And so I'm sure that partnership too is helpful as well. Most definitely. Cool. So then after you build a community, things are going really well. Is there another iteration or feedback loop that you're getting of, okay, this is how we need to pivot next or what we need to add or subtract? So at the beginning of 2019, I was sitting in a mastermind. Again, a lot of big shifts happen in masterminds. I'm sitting in a mastermind and our mentor had asked us to write a letter to yourself as if it was December 31st, 2019. So we're looking about 12 months later, like, and the letter was stating as if everything was in retrospect because this happened. So this happened and I got these results and it was supposed to align to what your goals were for the year. And I had very specific goals for social curator. And I wrote that by 2019, we had expanded the team by nine new team like two members Oh wow! in order for us to scale in the way that we needed to scale. And every, I mean, the team right now, we're running at 120%, but at the time you're running at 120%, but as the membership gets bigger and bigger, we need more systems. We need more hands. We need more eyes. And so we set out a big, big, big hiring year in 2019. So at the beginning of 2019, we had five people. Uh And at the end of 2019, I think we ended at 15 people. So that was like a big year. So when you make that many hires, what we realized was that we had systems for very specific things, but then for new roles that were created, we really had to build out new systems for that. And then we had to systematize our systems. Like we have different divisions. And so now we need to make sure how is everybody doing their projects? Like how are the tasks laid out? We have to have a way to do that. So 2019 was so foundational. It was like the yawn year, you know, it's just like, this is the year that no entrepreneurs want to go through. It's not a matter of big growth. It's a matter of like, Oh, I have to do the work. I have to build the foundation for us to scale. And that's what we did. Nice. So you had five to what, 14 or 19, did you say? Oh, we ended the year with a 15 and we're currently at 19. Currently at 19. Gotcha. And so, and then that's a mix of full-time and part-time. Gotcha. Cool. And so then as you were making those hiring decisions, were they based on like, did you get consulting around it or was it, okay, what is Jasmine still doing? Jordan, what do you think? (laughs) 
Do you think your girl got consulting? Girl, no. You know your strengths. I thought you would hire for the weaknesses. No. You know, I think that what happens is when you're out there and you're building a ship and you just realize like, we built this big ship, let's go. And then you have all your people in like the base of the ship sticking their fingers in holes that you're just like, at this point in time, like, you know what I need? I need this, but like, we ain't got that structure. Like, I think it would not be in our best interest to hire C-suite executive if our dang thing is broke. So for us, we went immediately into how do we serve our members the best? And that was to really show up for them in customer success, show up for them in the group and really create, can you believe it wasn't until goodness gracious, we had an org chart in 2019 and it was kind of sort of there, but it wasn't until October 2019 that we restructured an org chart that was very clear. We had everybody denoted in roles and because we have like a massive production element to what we do. We have a lot of people in multiple roles. So the org chart in October, 2019 was a game changer. We restructured really defining what division directors and managers were doing. And that happened in February, 2020. So we are a hundred percent a process in the making. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's extended growth. I mean, to go that many new hires, like I would say a lot of businesses (laughs) don't ever experience that. And so kudos to you of again, like growing alongside the process like and I think as business owners and as just like a selfish question of how do you balance growth and fulfillment how do you balance growth and maintenance again when you your energy is very much like growth and wanting to impact more people and then you have the yawn year where it's like uh, in order for me to grow I have to figure out this whole maintenance thing. And so how would you suggest or explain how you were able to balance both during that yawn year or was it difficult? No, it's not, I don't even know. Well, one, it was difficult and it is difficult for somebody who's programmed the way that I am. I'm just like, go. Yeah. And I felt like you've almost feel shackled. Yeah. And it just like real talk, you have to have people in positions of management and directorship for them to look across from you and say, we have a bucket with holes in it. It doesn't matter how many people you put in the bucket. We have to close the holes. They're like, you got to give us time to build the structure and the systems to fill the holes. And it's just kind of like, I got it. And it was numbers. It was just quant. They're like, this is how many people you brought in. This was what attrition was. And they're citing these three main reasons. If we don't build systems around those three main reasons, we're going to be in the same position. And like, as a leader, what do you do? You're just like, you can't argue. And you're like, okay. And so I think we're still very much in that phase, but definitely learning how to trust the team and the changes they have been made. Like it was so clear the impact that it had. And my mentor says, you have to slow down to speed up. And I feel like 2019 was a slowing down year, 2020, you know, I have to say, Jordan, we had this webinar in January and it was like 2020 vision for 2020, how to double your business. And then you just come and get like slapped upside the head. It's like, here's COVID. Here's some racial injustice. Here's the world melting. How are you going to stand up for other people? How do you show up on social media? How? And it's just like, oh, okay. This is what we're going to (laughs) do. 
So I'm being shaped and molded to become the CEO that I need to be tomorrow and have to sit with it and make the changes today. You know, that's where a lot of us are. Yeah, totally. And you know, it's also election year. So we're not crazy. Don't, no, don't. Why do you put a quiver in my soul, girl? Like I just literally started sweating in nether regions we shall not discuss. I'm like, this election year is just going to be like, sweet Jesus, take the wheel. So, you know, I mean, hey, I always say as in the last 30 seconds, any entrepreneur who can make through 2020 can make it through anything. So true. I really believe this. Like if you sign up in 2021, you just need to pet. You make it to January 2nd, 2021. You done made it, girl. You done made it. Everything else downhill. So let's get there. <laughs> Absolutely. And so did you do that same exercise that you did in 2019? The, um, the letter to yourself? Did you do that back in January or... I did. And I think it's really important. Girl, I'm not going to tell you. That's like saying what you wanted to, wanted to wish on your birthday cake. I, right, I do. Hear you. No, no, no. You know, there was one thing that I will come out and say was I know the vision of what social curator will be. Like I see it. Like I see it in my mind. I see it in my head. And in order for us to get there, we have to make some really big sacrifices and shifts in the way that we do it. One of the things that I had said was we need to get a CTO, a chief technology officer. What we were doing, we were building on our wherewithal. I had an idea. We hired our dev shop. They were fantastic. They're wonderful people. It was amazing. But they were doing what we asked them to do. And what I needed in order for us to get to where we want to go was a specialist in that thing who saw a different future and was one step ahead of us in regards to tech. And I wrote that in December, never dreaming that it would happen in 2020. And we hired like a CTO that we are just blown away by in March. So I do believe that when you write things down, you end up attracting, your actions end up mapping. I started having conversations where I didn't have conversations before in the tech space. Started networking with people in the tech space. Started having conversations, even though I don't understand languages and coding. I made myself familiar. I made myself open. And when you make those actions as a business owner, you end up attracting the very thing you want, even if you didn't know how to get it to begin with. Mm, yeah, I, it's, I totally agree with you. And it was funny because usually my fiance and I will do like a, what we're going to do for the year. And we didn't do one in January because it was just like a whirlwind. And so then it's like, all right, we're getting thrust. And so we've restarted it <clears throat> in June, uh, which is my birthday month. And so now we're kind of like, okay, like let's get back on track and, and whatever else. And we have plans to get married in October. That's going to be, be shifting as well, all of this. And so you know, I think that there is so much power in writing stuff down. And I like the letter aspect too, of having it kind of talk back to you versus just writing it in a futuristic sense as well. And, and one thing I noticed about your membership, and maybe you do this back end, but I don't think you have affiliates or any sort of like partnership. Is that intentional? I would love to know your reasoning behind that. So the way that we had structured this is that if I'm going to invite somebody and have an experience. I like, so for me, you probably know since you've been around the block with me for a minute, brand is everything. Totally. Brand is your street credibility. Brand is what somebody says about you when you walk out of the room. Brand is what you make somebody feel. And even though it would be pretty incentivizing, like from a monetary perspective, like, yo, like bring your people here. This is how we do it. I know I can't deliver to my affiliates quite yet that experience that they deserve. Mm. I'm not going to burn a bridge. Like I want to make sure that our P's and Q's, our T's are crossed and our I's are dotted. So you walk in, you're just like, wow. I have always maintained the inside of our team is I know I'll never be in that luxury membership market. I'm going for a high-end tech space, really 
like SaaS product. We're not there yet, but that's what we're going to be building into. And the minute that that can happen, that we deliver on that experience, I have always told the team that we aim for a Nordstrom experience for people on a target budget. Then you create brand loyalty. You create like surprise and delight. You create a new standard in a new market. That's where we're going there. And until we get that, I'm not going to open the doors without being like white glove service. We're your concierge. We're going to take such great care of you. We're going to give you everything you need to support you. I'm going to show up for my affiliates in very specific ways. We're not there yet. So mm got to protect the brand. <laughs> take a moment for sure. That's right. It's incredible because you find a lot of people who have that insane growth. There are affiliates behind it and not that it's good or bad. So I think it's unique that your membership really is built fully on y'all's foundation Without, and of course, people like share about it and whatever else, but there's no right. like intentional affiliate like program type offer. So I think that that's really cool and, and speaks volumes about, you know, okay, we really do want to create that service and that white glove. I'm totally Nordstrom Target. I shop at both. And <laughs> so I get it. And I think that that is really cool to just do your reasoning behind that and whatnot. So with that being said, we'll wrap this up with telling the people where they can find you on the interwebs, including where they can get all that good free stuff that you were talking about giving back. Tell the people where to go. Thank you, Jordan. You can find me on all forms of social media at Jasmine Star, and you can find more information about what we do and who we serve at socialcurator.com. Also, in order for you to get like a better understanding of what we do and the services we provide, we have like a little swag bag jasminestar.com forward slash resources. There you'll get a sneak peek to social curator. You're going to get lifestyle stock photos. You'll get caption templates. You'll get Instagram stories like done for you, customizable templates that you can make your own. We want people taking action. We want people building their business. We want people showing up on social. Hey, take a test ride, use it. We're not in open enrollment currently. So it's all good. There's like no attachment. We just want people showing up and building their business. Yeah, I love that. And so yeah, we'll have all the links in the show notes. And obviously, she talked about how she had an Instagram course. So she's very active on the gram. Very great to follow. If you're wanting tips, tricks, I loved the one where you did slides for Instagram live. That one was like, I shared it. It was so good. Yes, girl, you're watching. You're like ride or die. I love that. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I learn a lot. And I think there's a lot of, especially with Instagram, I feel like people are just telling you to do stuff that it's like, I don't know, it just doesn't speak to me. And I find that your content speaks to me because it's very, there's a really good balance of the mindset and the practical. Like there's a really good, even balance of both of those things rather than I'm just going to teach you like hashtags or like, we're all just like, in la la land in the clouds like okay meet me in the middle with like the trees like give me the trees (laughs) rooted in the ground but we kind of sway with the wind like that's like the kind of content that I thoroughly enjoy so yeah we're gonna have all those links definitely definitely go and connect with Jasmine give her a shout in the dm let her know that you enjoyed the episode but Jasmine thank you so so much for being on the podcast thank you I appreciate you joining it's been a pleasure Thanks for listening to the System Saved Me podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes or send a screenshot on Instagram while tagging us at System Saved Me.